Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Welcome inside the Concord, North Carolina studios here at MRN headquarters. Pit Road reporter Chris Wilner for the Motor Racing Network with all with me as always. Announcer Kyle Ricky out at Stafford Speedway. Kyle, uh, this is a big week in racing. It's uh, arguably the biggest in motorsports every each and every year. Memorial Day weekend coming up at the tail end of this week, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about, whether it's the stuff that's going on in the short track world. Obviously, it's a big week here in Charlotte uh, with 600 weekend, and of course, the Indianapolis 500 going on and tons of other stuff in motorsports. But uh, I'm excited to get to see you this week. You get to come down to Charlotte here in NASCAR's backyard and uh, work the broadcast with me this weekend for the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series on Friday night. Looking forward to having you in town, my friend. Yeah, it's been over... I think five years or six years since I've been to the Charlotte Motor Speedway for an event. And when I was uh, located in Concord, North Carolina, lived right across the street and for the better part of a decade, never missed an event there, uh, whether it be on the dirt track, the drag strip, or obviously the oval all nights of the week. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to, uh, to head back to, you know, the old, the old homestead, I guess you could call it. And uh, look forward to a double header race, a double header of racing on Friday night with the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series here on MRN. Absolutely, looking forward to it. We'll dive into that here in just a little bit. We got a good show for you coming up. Tons to talk about, like I mentioned, uh, some drama at Hickory. Uh, we'll recap the NASCAR Pinty Series double header. Well, I guess back to back weekends, and it was the same winner. So we've had a double up on the uh, Pinty Series schedule. We'll talk about that. Arca East is now in the rear view. But we're also talking Arkham Menard Series at Charlotte. As we mentioned, Billy Venturini joins us on the show. Uh, traded in the owner hat for a, for a helmet last week at Flat Rock and did a good job with a fourth-place finish. We'll talk about that in the coming weekend here at Charlotte. But, Kyle, let's start off with the NASCAR Pinty Series. Trey Lapsovich, uh, I don't think coming into this year, I had him sweeping the first two races, uh, both on an oval at Sunset and then now at CTMP in Mossport. Uh, what do you think of that, his start of his season uh, cementing himself as a championship favorite here with two races in. Yeah, not only a contender, but a favorite. And uh, both fairly dramatic finishes. Uh, you know, what we saw at Sunset just a week ago to open the season. And then that final left, right, left, or was it, hang on, right, left, right combination of corners um, at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Uh, they seem to never disappoint when we went there with the trucks years ago. I feel like there was always contact and the final pass to the lead happened at that section of the track on the final lap. We saw it again between Trayton and Mark Antoine Cameron um, on the final lap of this past weekend's race there. Uh, back and forth battle right to the checkered flag and it was Trayton Lapsovich coming out on top. So not only does he have a, a good race car, but he also has the, the race sense behind the wheel to run for a championship. Uh, a strong car, aggressive when needed behind the wheel and you know that's the perfect combination for that series that uh, continues to put on fantastic shows i'm not sure what it is about 
about those race cars. I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, no matter where the Pinty Series goes, um, whether it be ovals, short ovals, big ovals, uh, road courses, street courses, they put on a great race, and uh, they, you know, they didn't let us down this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Fun to watch. Another thriller for the NASCAR Pinty Series. What a great start to 2023 uh, for our friends north of the border. All right, let's move on to the Modifieds. Kyle, we had another weekend of racing with the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour up at Riverhead, and it was Justin Bonsignor, his 10th career win at the racetrack. Uh, the uh, multi-time series champion gets in the win column. We had him on the show, so I like to think it's a little bit of luck from the MRN crew here on Coast to Coast uh, sending up his way. But um, let's talk about that race. Again, 10th career victory at, at Riverhead. He had to beat Ron Silk, and, and we talked about the other list of drivers that are good there, like Doug Kobe. But it seemed like that car was just working uh, the best out of the rest of the group uh, for most of the weekend. I mean, he grew up there. Um for, for Justin, he's won, I think he won his first ever tour race there many years ago. He's picked up nine more since, including last Saturday or I guess Sunday afternoon. The, the race was delayed because of weather. I uh, had to fend off a couple of champions behind him and Ron Silk, John McKennedy, were the podium finishers, all championship caliber drivers in the NASCAR Wheeling Modified Tour. I guess the big story of the day, probably Doug Kobe uh, qualified at the back, made some, I guess you could call it unapproved adjustments. Uh, to that team, the Tommy Baldwin team. They started the race two laps down. Uh, they were held um, on the backstretch until the, the race leader completed the second circuit. So a full two laps down, and Doug never really was able to make those laps up with the way the caution flags fell, not being eligible for the lucky dog during the first yellow. Um, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm not even sure if he was eligible for the entire race. Uh, a weird penalty that I've never seen before. Usually you just start at the back of the field, but it's up to the uh, discretion of the series director. And he was placed two laps down for the start of the event and never really recovered. I believe he finished uh, 19th in the final order. Yeah, hard to rebound for sure at a place like Riverhead as well when you're yeah. just constantly in traffic. But we talk about points in the championship. Ron Silk just won behind Justin Bonsignor. So already a tight battle at the front just a few races into the season. And you talk about Matt Hirschman. Well, where's Matt? Well, he's coming back this week at Lee, so Lee USA Speedway. So this grueling stretch of the schedule, Kyle, it's got to be taking a toll on some of these teams just going back to back to back. Um, but at the same time, I think we're getting some good races out of it and a good championship battle as well. Yeah, and they're all bullring racetracks. So, uh, you know, we saw, saw that a couple weeks ago at Monadnock Speedway, a, a tight half quarter mile oval, Riverhead a tight quarter mile, Lee a little bit bigger, but not much. Uh, and then we go to the Seekonk Speedway the second week in June, another tight quarter mile. So tight race tracks, a little bit of traveling for some of the teams, especially the teams based in New York, um, going up to Lee, New Hampshire this weekend and um, a couple of weeks time at, at Seekonk, but uh, still within the region, a couple of hours uh, for everybody. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a grind, but uh, they'll have a little bit of a break after this, uh, this stretch before gearing up for New Hampshire Motor Speedway in July. Well, we'll see if Matt Hirschman can stink up the show, let a race high 100 laps last year. Uh, again, Doug Kobe looking for a rebound. That is the Granite City Derby at Lee USA Speedway coming up on Saturday. All right, before we get to Billy Venturini, who's standing by on the flip side of the break, we do need to talk about the ARCA East Series at Flat Rock, and it was William Sawalich winning his second career or second win of the season here in 2023 the just absolutely mastered that racetrack and the dutch boy 150 uh sean sean hingarini though probably the dominant car all day just kind of faded there at the end when william laid the bumper now sean wasn't too pleased with it i'm curious what your reaction was on the old bump and run there with 48 to go 
you got to do what you got to do. You know, I mean, it's short, let's say it's short track racing and, and it's a very tight racetrack, a track that a lot of the drivers have never seen before. The first time the Arca Menards East ever raced there. The first time an Arca sanctioned event has been held there since 2000. Um, very tight, not a lot of opportunity to make a pass. So he did what he had to do. And, and I saw, you know, no fault with it. Uh, William was able to make the pass, use the bumper, only lead change of the event with 48 laps to go to pick up the race win. Sean had a dominant car, recovered to finish in position number three. So um, I thought it was a I thought, you know, he it was it was good. It was a good race. Um, you know, uh, 15, 16 cars took the green. They were always seemingly in traffic um, because there were a lot of long green flag runs. Just three caution flags slowed the event. So uh, a, another good event for the Arkham and RZ series. Yeah, a calculated move for sure. Congratulations yep. to William. And a, and a shout-out, too, to LeVar Scott. Rallied to a second-place finish. Yep. Looked really strong over the weekend. Was able to get by Sean there in the closing laps to take over position number two. And uh, another Rev Racing uh, stable driver on the, on the rise here in the early part of the season. Had a good run. We talked about Daytona. We actually had him on the show there earlier this year as well. And, of course, Billy Venturini, who's standing by, finished fourth in his first return to the cockpit in 17 years. So without further ado, let's take a quick break and talk to Billy about that fourth-place run in all things Arkham Menard Series coming up next on the flip side of the break here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. As promised, joining us via Zoom, Billy Venturini uh, hopped a tr trade in the owner's hat for, for the steering wheel here this past weekend at Flat Rock. Let's start there. I know you're a busy guy as we get set for Charlotte this weekend, uh, but let's go back to last weekend. What was it like just getting back behind the wheel? I know uh, a lot of people were excited to see you strap back in, what, 17 years since your last race, but I know it was at a track that means a lot to you. So uh, what was it like last weekend just being a competitor for once? Well, you know, it's been so long. It was it was a little surreal. Like I didn't know. We tested on Wednesday, and I got to be honest, it felt like it felt foreign. It had been so long; it didn't even feel like I was like I had to get used to it. Now it, it's funny because I left that test, and I was like, I'm really rusty. And the guys in the shop were like, Oh my god, you were really good. So I think our expectations were slightly different because most of those guys never even seen me race. Um, I think they thought I was going to completely suck, and I only partially sucked. So I think it was. Uh, but I had said when I left there, uh, I was like, I'm going to go test. And if I could be within three tenths, I probably can go back and be within 15 hundredths when I show up on Saturday. Well, I was two tenths off and then we qualified a tenth off the pole. So I did cut that in half. We just were actually, I'm going to be honest, I exceeded just a little because I, I thought I'd qualified a little worse. But I was pleased with that. And then everything went well. The race itself, only three cautions, uh, one fairly early on lap four, a lot of long green flag runs. Uh, were you ready for that? Yeah, actually, fitness-wise, I was good. Okay. Um, I We're kind of a fitness family because we have yeah. a, uh, I come from a long line of fat people, so we kind of got to work out really hard. So uh, 
diet workout. I mean, it's kind of funny. Our whole family, both, both my kids, my wife, we're all like weighing our food before we eat it. We all count macros. It's such a pain in the butt, but it's kind of what you got to do to have a healthy lifestyle. So, um, so no, I was actually ready. I, I fitness wise, I went 150 total laps. I really believe I could have run 150 more. I also never have driven a race in my life with a cool box. Wow. Talk about something that's nice to have. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But let's go back but real quick about what sparked this idea. I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're running the team and you guys got your hands full, right? You've got, you know, you're stable of drivers and you've got cars moving around from series to series, but what was the initial spark that was like, you know what, I, I, I need to, I need to give this a go again. Well, the, uh, it was always kind of like my thing I wanted to do was run flat rock and dad won his first race there in 83. So I'd been like seven at the time and he won three races total there and just grew up watching that place. I always thought it was the coolest racetrack to watch at. Uh, all my heroes growing up raced there being like Dave Weltmeyer and Bob Strait and Grant Adcox. And of course my dad. Um, so it was just and they took it off the series the year before I started running ARCA full-time. So it just didn't work out. I never got the race there. And when I got all done with my career, it was like the one thing I regretted. You know, of course, I, we all wanted to be race car drivers, but, you know, things worked out well for me out of the seat. So I'm really pleased with the way things all kind of organically happen. But uh, but I kind of regretted never getting a race there. So when it popped up, actually, when it popped up as a possibility with Ron Drager the year before, because we talked about it, Honestly, we've talked about this since May, Kansas last year. He told me he was thinking about putting Flat Rock on the schedule, schedule, and I told him I would run. And I think he kept doing barometer checks to make sure I wasn't kind of fibbing just a little bit. And uh, I kept telling him every time, I'm like, nope, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then in March this year, before he was like, well, I would like to do a press release. Are you really going to do it? I'm like, 100%, I'm doing it. So I knew last year at May, if he put it on the schedule, that was going to be the one thing that would get me back in the seat the last arca race there prior to this weekend or the the last arca sanctioned race there was in 2000 this being of course the first east race held at that racetrack were there any memories uh, pulling into the place uh, from from your time there as a spectator as a child all those years ago it's funny i almost had to relearn what the place looked like i'm like oh yeah i remember the tree i remember all that stuff like i remember the actual racetrack but all the stuff around it i'm like as soon as i got in there it all came right back. And I remember being there Saturday nights with dad uh, for ARCA races. Cause we raced there usually twice a year, all through the early parts of his career. You know, that's really the first, that's the home of ARCA. That's the first ARCA track, you know, Toledo now is, but Toledo came on in the, like, I want to say early nineties when Ron bought that, you know, flat rock goes back into the fifties with his grandfather. And then Ron pretty much purchased a good portion of it in the early eighties. That's what I talked to him about that when we were there, he was 22 years old when he decided to purchase part of it. So talk about a bold, bold move by on his part. Uh, I know you, you know, you, you pay attention to the sport and you've been involved in the sport for so long and watch this Arca Menard series and Arca E series kind of grow and evolve over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. But as a driver now being behind the wheel, what surprised you the most about the racing uh, now that you were, you know, kind of firsthand experience versus being on the pit box every week. Okay. Well, there was a lot actually. Uh, I was terrible on restarts, but that's probably because it's been a long time. Um, I thought the kids all had really nice car control. Uh, they're fast. 
you know, I got to race. I got to race with all the good ones. I mean, I raced with every single good kid in the series, which was nice because one time or another, I was either alongside them or right behind them or in front of them. So it was, that was awesome. I got to do that. I literally got to see the four really good drivers and really good cars that were there. I got to race with, and that was, that was awesome. Um, I think they're really lousy through traffic. I gotta be honest. You, you could see their age. Uh, I, I, I got through traffic better than all of them because they just, they're driving off their hood pins. It's, it's that rookie thing, man. Uh, great car control, great race car, great drivers of race cars, not great race car drivers yet. They will all improve. And that's why they run the East series and then Arca. And that's why they eventually move truck and Xfinity, but they lack in foresight of seeing stuff happen. Cause I don't know. Those tons of stuff that didn't come back naturally that came back on lap one. Like my line of vision of seeing the field was clear that that never changed. I, I was, I was really kind of surprised how easy that came. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. You mentioned last week that uh, it's a one-off deal. Um, is it still a, a one-off deal? Yeah, that was a deal. I, I promised my wife, so yeah, that definitely. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, if you made the promise to the wife, you should probably uphold that. But uh, but it's, it was still fun to see behind the wheel, and congrats on a top-five finish. Now let's go to the team owner hat. Uh, we've got Charlotte coming up this week. Of course, we're in NASCAR's backyard. It's a huge week of racing down here. Uh, it's the biggest weekend in general of racing and motorsports. Give us a little preview to your stable of drivers as they get set to tackle the mile and a half at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Of course, it's going to be a great crowd out there. Great weather, it looks like, too, hopefully, uh, at least for Friday, which will be nice. Um, but what what can we expect out of uh, Venturini Motorsports here this weekend? We've got a great uh, stable of drivers this week. Got uh, Jesse Love again in the 20 car because he's doing that all season. You know, he's won the last two races. Then I got Dean Thompson running uh, again with us. He ran Kansas and finished second. And then I got Gus Dean, who ran second the race before that at Talladega. And then I have Tony Brettinger also running with us. So between the four of them, I, I expect I do expect really good results this week. It's been about four years now. Big picture question here since since NASCAR became involved and and acquired the Arkham and Art series. I remember being at the press conference at the Talladega Super Speedway. I guess it was a year or so before the pandemic. Um, how has how have things changed? Uh, how has how NASCAR's involvement and bringing it under their umbrella made the Arkham Menard series better these last four years? Well, at first, it was a really clunky merger. I'll be honest. It was rough. And it was almost a little bit of, uh, there was so much turmoil between, it was like, it was like the Bloods and the Crypts, man. Like the Ar- the K&N East and Arca, we were not, we did not, we weren't friends. Like bottom line, we were not from the same, cut from the same cloth. But yet that's all left. Like the teams, I know which teams were East teams and I know which teams were ARCA teams. Now we're we're all one. Uh, same with the officials. So 2020 was really clunky. It's probably the best way to put it. It just, it was awkward. There seemed like be power struggles between everyone teams and, and inspectors and, 
And by the time we got to about the middle of 21, it seemed like it really smoothed out. 22 went well. 23 is going very well. Um, I think the series is run very just it's properly run now. I think everything's done well. I think Ron Drager is a huge key to so much of this. He's, he's just he's just a really balanced guy and does a good job. And uh, and everyone else has found their role because when you merge like this, it's it's tricky trying to get find everyone's new place. And you know, some people didn't stay, um, and the people who did stay, everyone kind of changed. Everyone changed their role in some way or capacity. And it, it really works well right now. And I think NASCAR owning it, owning us, I think, has been great on the media side. I think it's great for flexibility we have at the racetrack. I think when we get there, you know, they break out those uh, Tundra dryers a lot quicker <laughs> than it's the ARCA race now than back before they owned it, you know. Um, so it's I'm really glad they own us. I think that helped us. And if they didn't own us during COVID year of 20, 2020, I'm not sure how we would have survived because they really obviously took care of us quite well. So we're on that upward trajectory, like you mentioned, and, and with NASCAR ownership. What kind of doors do you think this will open uh, for more new racetracks to be added to the schedule? Where would you like to see the series go in the future? Obviously, you were happy to see Flat Rock was added for this year, but uh, we just came off the heels of North Wilkesboro. Could that be an option? Where would you like to see the series maybe uh, blaze some new paths in the, in the next couple of years? I'd love to go to Rockingham. That would be cool. Um I think that's a great racetrack. It was a great racetrack when we stopped running there and I just was there the other day and it's paved and there's all kinds of pretty stuff going up around there, including soft walls and all this stuff. It's that's a, that racetrack's ready to go be raced at. So I think that's a great racetrack. Uh, I know Wilkesboro is near and dear to so many people's hearts, but it was kind of a dive back then. It's still kind of a dive. I'm sorry. I'll be on that's unpopular opinion, but uh, it's Rockingham's a nice racetrack, man. Nice racetrack. I guess my final question uh, still about uh, potential schedule down the road. Is there a region of the country? I know it's a, a Midwest Southern series. I'm up here in New England. Obviously, we do not have the Arkham and Art Series. Closest event to us is the Pocono Raceway, longstanding event down there. Uh, also, Watkins Glen. Mm -hmm. um, is there a region of the country that you'd like to go, uh, perhaps, and, and explore possibility? Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm... I'm doing something different with our team that we've never done. We're running running the full Arca West also. Yep. So um, that is awesome. That's actually the most fun I've ever had racing in my entire life. And I've done this forever. They have a great series out there. The officials are all super nice. The competitors, just the attitude of the whole place. What an amazing feel. If there's any way to get the main series to Irwindale, that place is legit. That was so. It's, we went to Kern, and and it's nice, but Irwindale. I think Irwindale is a pretty special racetrack. I think that's a. It's really balanced with lots of different grooves. It gives you everything you'd want in a racetrack. I, I think that place should be holding some kind of more major event. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, especially as as an open wheel person. I used to go out and watch the Thirty Night Grand Prix with the with the midgets uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and and that track, no matter what's on that racetrack, produces good racing. So. Uh, good point there. Before we let you go, uh, obviously you talked about your stable of drivers this weekend at Charlotte. It's a it's another mile and a half for the program. 
But specifically with Jesse Love, I mean, what's it been like to watch his progression? Obviously, he's a, a ARCA West champion for two years or k West champion for two years, and then he comes over and runs the national schedule, and it seems like he's able to pick things up pretty quickly, uh, obviously, whether it's a big track or, or the short track schedule. What do you like about him, and how fun is it to see him progress as yet the next you know youngster moving up through the ranks? Yeah, love Jesse. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with Jesse personally. Uh, he's been with us since 2020. So he ran a few races in 20 and then ran some more in 21 and then he ran everything he could in 22 and then a full schedule in 23. So he, he'll be in the program for four years. Um, it's awesome to see him mature. And that's really the, the entire time he was here, it was all about 2023 because we knew what year he was going to turn 18 and run the full season. And, and we knew that this had to be his, his basically this had to be the pinnacle for him. And he's, he's peaking at the right time because right now he gets in the race car. He thinks he's the best race car driver at the racetrack in, in an ARCA race. And, uh, and honestly, I, it, it's hard to argue with that because he's, he's honestly out driving everyone uh, week to week. So he's doing great. I love seeing him have the success. He works hard off the race, off the track. Uh, he's a great kid. Um, I think he'll be another one of our, our fleet that ends up in racing on Sunday. So I'm proud of that. And I'll tell you what, he's fun to watch at Millbridge Speedway over here in Salisbury, North Carolina. I get to be the track announcer up there, and he can wheel a dirt micro sprint. Uh, he's able to adapt to that pretty quickly, too. So it's been fun to watch. I think that kind of helps translate to his role with the Arkham Menard Series. Well, Billy, I appreciate your time, man. Best of luck to you and your drivers, your team this weekend at Charlotte. And uh, congrats on a top five run there at Flat Rock. It was fun to watch. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, Billy Venturini, Venturini Motorsports. On the flip side of the break, we've got a ton to talk about, news and notes from the past week, and, of course, a look ahead to the races this weekend. That's all coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering. Great chat, Kyle, with Billy Venturini. And uh, again, a, another stable full of drivers getting ready to tackle Charlotte Motor Speedway. It always seems like the stars come out at Charlotte, you know, when, when you're performing in front of NASCAR in, in its backyard, literally, in Concord, North Carolina. And I would assume his cars all have a shot. Uh, and they'll all be up at the front at some point, especially with uh, the run Jesse Love has been on this season. And, of course, Gus Dean, Dean Thompson as well, uh, have had strong finishes throughout the year. Yeah, right in the backyard of Venturini Motorsports. I mean, Charlotte Motor Speedway, I believe, is about one and a half miles away. I mean, it, it's close. Obviously, their home racetrack ever since the Arc Menard Series started racing at the Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, several years ago. And, and that team, such a staple of the series, dating back to, to the 1980s, maybe even before that, uh, unofficially. I mean, we had Bill on the show earlier this year, and, um, he, you know, he's been around for the most part since since day one so uh pretty cool to have uh junior's take on the state of the series and and everything that has evolved in the arkham menard series over the last four years since the merger with nascar kind of a, a very interesting conversation there 
Yeah, just how key 2020 was to the really yeah. the health of the Arkham and Art series, Arkham East series, and all that stuff. So really good stuff from Billy. Appreciate him coming on. Of course, 25th time Arca will be at Charlotte this weekend on Friday night. Some other news and notes. Kyle, what are your uh, just general thoughts about Wilkesboro? I mean, obviously the all-star race and the truck race uh, on the national side of things, but, you know, kicking things off on a Wednesday with a triple header between ASA all-stars and then, of course, the pro late model and late model stocks with the cars tour. Um, Of course, on the all-star side, Bubba Pollard. I mean, uh, it makes sense a legend like Bubba Pollard would win at Wilkesboro, but then on the cars tour side with uh, Brendan Butterbean Queen, uh, an emotional win for him there at at Wilkesboro as well. Yeah, and Augie Grill picking up the pro late model win. Uh, I I thought it was a great night, especially that first night. The crowd support was there. The front stretch was nearly full. The, The turns one and two grandstands were probably... 60 to 65 percent full i mean there was space but not a lot uh for a for a midweek wednesday night triple header of, of racing out in the middle of wilkes county um loved it i uh, loved the whole weekend i know you know there's a lot of talk about the nascar all-star race with with minimal yellow minimal passing kyle larson kind of put a whooping to him you know and you can blame the track you can blame the car the tires you know my opinion is you know the field was probably too small for the all-star race, you know, when you only have 20, 22 cars on a five, a smile oval. Uh, we saw that years ago when the cup ran there and they had minimal cautions. Then uh, I expected much of what we got on Saturday night with such a short field. You get the trucks out there with a full 36, you get the, the ASA, you know, super late models out there with 40 and, and the cars tour fields with, with full 30 plus car fields. And you get, you know, a little more, you know, there's more passing, there's more traffic, there's more opportunity to have action. And that's exactly what we saw in, in three events on Wednesday night and during the truck race on, on Saturday. All in all, welcome sight to see Wilkesboro yep. alive and well. And I'll be curious again, Kyle, and, and we'll follow this story too, of kind of what the, what the future looks like. Obviously, I think with what Wilkesboro's been through and what it looks like now, I would expect it to be on the schedule. It just depends on what it looks like and what kind of racing is, but we'll Stay tuned to that. Uh, speaking of Cars Tour real quick, want to mention Kenny Wallace. Yes, Kenny Wallace, America's favorite, uh, is going to be at the Cars Tour race this weekend, Tri-County, uh, the Old North uh, State Showdown. So another legend or you know another NASCAR national legend from years past uh, going to climb back behind the wheel. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he, he's been racing, right? But it's been primarily on dirt. So good to see him back on the asphalt. Yeah, he's been, his, been in his IMCA modified for a long time. I mean, he'll run you know, 30, 40, 50 races of year, a year, predominantly in the Midwest. Uh, those divisions, that division of cars usually get 50, 60 uh, for every event. So, and he is usually among them. Uh, he said on social media this week that uh, he has been craving to go asphalt stock car racing once again and uh, found this perfect opportunity and uh, look forward to seeing how he does back behind the wheel on asphalt this coming weekend. Absolutely. And our uh, one of our guests from last year, Dylan Mamba-Smith, NASCAR's chief hype officer. You typically see him doing driver intros and stuff on NASCAR Digital. Well, he's back behind the wheel as well in a pro-late model there this weekend, Saturday on Flow. Uh, we did want to mention congratulations, Kyle, north of the border in Quebec. The Autodrome Granby is your official winner of the uh, Advanced Auto Parts, Advanced My Track Challenge, $50,000 that racetrack. Speaking of Mamba, he was actually up there surprising uh, the, the track GM, Dominic Lessier, 
uh, with the 50 grand check and the announcement. And uh, you could just tell how much that money means to a racetrack, no matter where it goes. But for that facility, that was already amidst an update to its garages and desperately it needed a better uh, Musco lighting. I think this money will be in good hands. Absolutely. And, and you think about what we have been through uh, as a, a world the last three years. Uh, Canada, short uh, shut down a bit longer. I know it took a little bit more to get the, the public functions rolling again, you know, into 2021 and, and even as early as last year in 2022. So, you know, they're, you know, we're racing starved, a lot of great short tracks up there. Um, the business definitely changed during that time. And I'm sure this money will go a long way in helping improve that facility and, and make up for, for some possible lost, lost revenue over the last three years. But uh, the good sign is short track racing alive and well back in Canada, back 100%. We saw that at sunset, another great venue. And, and congratulations uh, to those folks and, and picking up this money from NASCAR this week. All right. So congratulations, Autodrome Granby. Uh, one other news and note on the late model side of things. How about Gavin Bochelle? We've talked about him a little bit. Uh, primarily, he's been on the dirt as of late, running the Bell Kemenaw uh, Development Sprint Car Program for Christopher Bell uh, and his father-in-law, and then, of course, running some midget stuff. And he's been at Millbridge and tested the waters a little bit in the late model. Well, he just signed a big deal this week with Rackley War in their late model program. A Team Chevy driver for Gavin. He's going to join the list of Connor Zilich and Carson Brown and um, Dawson Sutton as well in that late model program. Learning from a guy who knows a little bit, too, about winning on the short track side, that's Willie Allen, the 2007 Craftsman Truck Series Rookie of the Year, but also a former champion at the Nashville Fairground Speedway. Kyle, big opportunity for another young up-and-comer in Gavin Bochelle. Yep, good opportunity. I've heard the name. Uh, you know, in with uh, a good group of people, like you mentioned, that know their way around not only the short track industry, but the the motorsports industry as a whole. And, you know, we talk about it uh, all the time. It's all about the people that you surround yourself with. And, and he has put himself in good position and around good people. Well, before we get to the calendar, last thing I wanted to touch on is the absolute chaos at Hickory Motor Speedway this past week. Again. Again, yeah, we've we've now had what two big drama-filled weekends in the short, what four weeks of the season, uh, and again it involves Landon Landon Huffman, but this time on the receiving end of uh, well, just something that's uh, unexcusable, right? Kyle is using her car as a weapon, and Annabeth Barnes Crumb frustrated after some on-track contact, which. Could have been real, you know, reasoned as a racing deal. Again, I wasn't there to see it. I, I did watch the replay on Flow. But then, you know, you retaliate on the racetrack, but unfortunately his father also attacked in the spotter stand. I mean, when is it – I don't even know what to say to that, but when is enough enough, I guess we put it this yeah, way. Yeah, no. I mean, and, and it's nothing – it's nothing overly new. I mean, we have seen – Annabeth involved in in incidents before. Uh, I think there was there's video of her fighting in the pits a few years ago. We've had her on the show many times. She's a friend of of the show. Um, I've known her for years. Jake, you know, he's been on the show, and but I feel like they have been involved in in their fair share the last few years. Um, obviously, she was frustrated on Saturday night. Um, destroyed her car. Destroyed his car. It carried over into the stands, which is, you know, is even more inexcusable. Um, obviously, I think the track should and, and I think will take action. 
Um, which, you know, it is too bad because, you know, the, the car count at Hickory, you know, since week number one um, has diminished. And now there's a potential of losing another one or two cars uh, because of, of what happened on Saturday night and, and you know, possible suspension. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but it, it is inexcusable and, and something needs to be done um, probably by the racetrack on, on the local side and, and maybe even by NASCAR since it is a NASCAR sanctioned facility and was a NASCAR sanctioned event. But but we'll see. Usually those those are those type of situations are handled by the, the local track first. And I anticipate something coming down before they get on racetrack next. And safety, number one priority. And, and you don't want to see that. But again, we'll keep keep an eye on it. But definitely something that stood out over the weekend that a lot of people are still talking about what's going to happen. And uh, uh, certainly just a, another kind of black eye in, in, in a rough start to 2023 uh, over there at Hickory Motor Speedway. All right, Kyle, quick look at the calendar. Uh, we talked about the biggest week in racing. It's probably one of the busiest as well on the short track side of things. Just a few of the many events going on. Of course, we mentioned the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, Granite State Derby at Lee USA Speedway in New Hampshire, 7.45 p.m. start time on Flow Racing on Saturday. The Arkham Art Series General Time 1. General Tire 150, you can listen to yours truly right here, co-host of Coast to Coast Beyond the Broadcast for MRN, 6 p.m. Friday from Charlotte Motor Speedway, Smart Modified Tour at Franklin County, uh, USAC. Now, I know we don't talk a lot about open wheel, but two of the most iconic events in open wheel sprint car and Silver Crown history happen on the same weekend. It's the USAC Hoosier 100 for the Silver Crown, not on the dirt this year. It's actually going to be at IRP, where the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and Arkham Art Series have competed at. That'll be on Friday night on Flow Racing and the 75th Little 500. Kyle, I don't know if you ever watched it. It'll be on Flow on Saturday. Uh, 33 pavement sprint cars on a quarter-mile bullring paved oval is a sight to see, and it is so much fun to watch. It is. It is. And, and it takes a while sometimes. A lot of yellow, a lot of red. Um, cars come together. Uh, I think Bobby Santos, the third, I've watched him run that event several times and, and do well event, uh, or do well in that event. Uh, a great race. I've always wanted to go. Um, I know that I think they qualify like Indy as well, right? Isn't it like a four lap average type of, of qualification to get into that event? So, um, yeah, a, a fun weekend everywhere in, in every region of the country, motorsports wise, especially in and around the uh, the Indianapolis region, of course, culminating with the 500 on Sunday, but uh, some great USAC racing leading up to it uh, on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, really good stuff. So and a lot of our pavement specialists will be over there at Anderson on Saturday. And, of course, Kyle, your neck of the woods. I know you're going to be missing it this week. Stafford back in action with their normal weekly program, yeah? Yeah, normal weekly program, the SK Light Modified. Uh, we've had, I think, thirty an average of 36 take the green flag over the first two races. They'll have a double the distance type of event or double distance event this week, um, a double down showdown. 40 laps will be uh, run this Friday night, uh, double from the 20 that they usually run. Some great racing here. Uh, the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series, uh, I'll be part of that broadcast as well on Sunday up in Bar Barry, Vermont, Dave Moody's Neck of the Woods at the Thunder Road International Speed Bowl as they kick off their season. So uh, racing everywhere this weekend, every major sanctioning body seems like not only are they in action, but it's a, a major event on their calendar. Just tell Bonza, since he's holding down the fort, not to burn the place down. He's You, you got you to make sure it's still standing next week. He's, he's, he's doing all of his notes for Friday night as we speak. He's a little Atta nervous. Boy. 
The boy, the guy never sleeps. Awesome stuff. Kyle, Kyle, safe travels, my friend. Uh, can't wait to see you. Can't wait to uh, get to cover the Arkham Nard series and the Craftsman Truck series Friday night from Charlotte. And then, unfortunately, while you go home, I'm driving to Indy because I'm not missing another Indy 500. I've been to now 16 or 17 since 2001, and I'm looking forward to being back for yet another edition of the greatest spectacle in racing. Should be a good time. All right, thanks so much to Billy Venturini for joining us here on the show for our producer, Pat Jaggers. And Kyle Ricky, my name is Chris Wilner. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Have a great week of racing, folks, a weekend, and we'll recap it all next time. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches.